Jnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnanamajnan
surprised everyone. The question was, of course, what to do in general and in particular at the time of death. And of course, life in general and death in particular is a problem because of attachment. Here came a boy with no attachments. It was obvious. So many people came and offered solutions. It means there's so many ideas in our minds that we might come up with what to do. But the boy came naked and everyone, could, well, the learned could understand he knows what to do. He's figured it out. He hasn't got a problem with death. There's nothing he's attached to. And of course he spoke about attachment, ultimately. <laughs> and we discussed that too. A point Marj made when he came to our ashram, first things out of his mouth were, Gyan we grow by bhairagya and in bhakti by sangha. And bhairagya corresponds with knowledge and sangha ultimately with ignorance. Sangha means to come together and coming together is ultimately love and love is ignorance. Love and tamagun have a relationship of sorts. They look similar but they're not the same. I mean real love, praying. So anyway, Sutta said, Karunaya Purana Guyam. It means what? That my Gurudev, he spoke this Bhagavatam. Guyam, Purana Guyam, the secret, the secrets of this Purana, or this secret Purana, it could be what was kept in the heart of Vyas and didn't come out until the chastisement of Nard. Bring it out and Samadhinanusmratadvicheshtitam. In his trance he meditated, it came out, secrets that are Srimad Bhagavatam. And Sukadeva Goswami, Sutta says, he spoke it, he's offering tribute to him, out of what? Out of karuna. Karuna means out of mercy, out of compassion, doita, out of mercy. Means doita ipchita, means out of the desire to give compassion, it means from somebody who has no desire. If you have a desire to be compassionate, you have no desire. You're full, you have something to give. So he wasn't giving Sukadev the Bhagavatam to get something. He was living on it, no doubt. <laughs> but that was his livelihood, yes, in every sense. That was not his work to get food. That was his work and that was his food. What may be medicine for us became food for him. It will become food for you also in due course of time. How that medicine will become food by getting rid of all the other desires. That's what makes it unpalatable, right? We know that it's sweet, Krishnanam, but tastes bitter to us. So, the problem is with us, not with the sweetness of Krishnanam, not with the sweetness of Krishna Lila, Srimad Bhagavatam, and so forth. You know, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was uh, in his time, and of course we just celebrated his appearance, and we discussed how it was impossible for him to practically stop talking about Krishna. And uh, if we had any taste for it, we could talk about him unlimitedly and all that he did. One of the things that he did in relation to the point I'm making here is that long ago, being the innovative and creative, if you will, uh, person that he was in terms of presenting Gaudiya Vaishnavism, he made theistic dioramas. If you look at the remnants of them or those that branches of Gaudiya Moth have done over the years that are still preserved, they look rather backward and crude compared to the type of multimedia technological presentation you might be able to make in this day and age. But at that time, this was the 1930s, this was like a Star Wars movie or something like that, you know. And one of the dioramas was a Brahmin 
holding a Shalagram Shila. And uh, the diorama depicted the uh, Brahmin using the Shalagram as a nutcracker. This is a diorama. The Shalagram is a stone, and so he's using the stone to break nuts. The point being that his worship of the deity, there are people who worship the deity just to fill their own belly. The idea of worshiping the deity is to fill the belly of Bhagwan. We talked the other day at Sanatana Goswami's Samadhi, where Tapan Mishra's Chandrasekhar Samadhi is also present. These were principal associates of Chaitanya Dev in Banaras and Kasi. And of the plight of Tapan Mishra, who in a dream saw Bhagavan Chaitanya in his despair, in his waking hours, in pursuit of the goal of life and the means of attaining it. He studied many, many books, he's a Brahman and scholarly, many, many books to try to ascertain this. And in a dream, Bhagavan Chaitanya appeared to him, and, or a Brahman appeared to him and said, from Chaitanya you can learn it, one of the two. Seven. He went to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who happened to be there, East Bengal, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu revealed to him who he was, himself as Krishna, told him to keep it quiet and told him, all the study that you've been doing, what is the goal of life and what is the means to attain it? He said, it is simple, it is Harinam, Sankirtan. This is the means and this is the ends. Nam is sadhan and uh, sadhya, sam, same. He was studying at great depth, reading many, many books, taxing his intelligence to understand what the goal of life was. Once long ago, in the Chicago here airport, I was selling books, and one day in a fellow I was discussing with, he said to me, well, what are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do, spend my whole life studying all the different religions? I said, yeah. That's pretty, until you figure out the right one and take it up. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. He was shocked. Of course, he ended up buying the book. <laughs> this is what Tapan Misha was doing. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu answered him like this, which is Chant Hare Krishna, it's the goal in the end. And he was completely satisfied. Because Mahaprabhu, and this is characteristic of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he taught by his example, he said example speaks louder than precept. He didn't say very many things, you see how he converted the Tsar of Boma, practically by being quiet. That's how he converted him. The rest of what he did speak was all after the fact. It was just like, you know, you dig a hole, put somebody inside, build a temple on top, and their arguments are finished. So he had already converted Tsar just by being quiet. He created like a teachable moment. He defeated the main Karabhata by joking with him. He defeated Prakashananda by ignoring him. He didn't have to say much because he had so much realization behind what he said. And as I said, that's why I talk so much because I don't have any realization behind it. I try to make up for it in words. But with just a few words, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this fellow was, you know, you think he won a scholarly dissertation on the goal of life and how to attain it. Mahaprabhu said, this is it. You chant Hare Krishna and that's the means and that's the end. Nam Sankirtan. And of course, he was captivated. This is the most important thing. A person asked me the other day about how to explain Krishna consciousness in the modern age to educated people and so forth. I said, you know, it begins with becoming Krishna conscious. We cited the verse the other day. Bharata bhumite hoila manusha janma janma sarta pari karupakar. Everyone likes to remember parupakar. This verse says, anyone born in Bharat, Bharat bhumite hoila manusha, a human birth in Bharat, they should understand, realize, 
Krishna consciousness and do the parak upakar, the highest welfare work of giving it to others. Prabhupada once said, this a command of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has been transferred from the Indian people to the Western people. Because he was so frustrated the Indian people weren't helping him in the par upakar. So anyway, we latched on to the par upakar, but if you look carefully, you wonder how much we latched on to the, the first part. It says, first to become Krishna conscious, then you spread Krishna consciousness. So if you want to know how to spread it, this is how. You have to become, you have to speak out of karuna without any desire, out of compassion. This is the idea. Sukadev spoke like this. Sutta Goswami offered pranam to him, noting this. He had nothing to gain. What was the diorama of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur? There are people who worship the deity, and how does the deity feel about their worship? Like I'm, the Shalagram, like I'm being used as a nutcracker. This is an attract Bhagavan. The whole idea of this Brajlila is that what? Is that the devotees who live here, whose very existence corresponds with Bhagavan Sri Krishna, they're one and different. Their love for him, which is their existence, is him. And that's why if you want you know, we say it's not Krishna, it's love of Krishna that's the goal. But love of Krishna is Krishna. You get Krishna by love of Krishna. You get Krishna by serving Krishna. Seeing Krishna is not the goal. Where have we ever heard that? Serving Krishna, that's the goal. And there you will find him. Atashi Krishna Namadi, Seva Jivado So this Seva, what is it? It's interest in what he wants. Krishnendriya Pritivancha. Everybody wants at best that Bhagwan will do something for me. The whole Brihat Bhagavatamrita is what it's about, in one sense. People think well, it's about the different planets or something. It's not. It's all. All these things are within us. Worlds within us. Sense of identity, all based on desire. Separate interest from Bhagwan. You can retire the karma part. That's easy. The gyan part goes all the way up to Dwarka, gyan and avritam to be uncovered, gyan shunya bhakti to enter Vrindavan. They're interested in what Krishna is interested in. They have no interest themselves. How we'll arrive there. Now this is, a, of course, a big topic. How we'll arrive there. We didn't discuss this yesterday, but it comes to my mind now. Thinking of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, there was a, a verse, really about six or seven verses, poems, uh, lines to a poem that he wrote, of which we have but one preserved and enshrined, if you will, in the memory of his Gurudev, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, in the mind of Bhakti Rakshakshidadev Gosami Maharaj. It goes like this. Pujala Ragapata Gaurava Bange Matala Harijana Vishaya Ronge. His opinion, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur was like encapsulated in the essence of him, his preaching in this little sonnet stanza. And it was amidst a number, maybe five, six, seven other stanzas, all of which were composed at the time that the Bhag Bazar Moth, Bhag Bazar Moth was the famous marble temple. Again, it doesn't seem like much to us to have a marble temple, but to beggars, so to speak, mendicants living in the Dham, as Gaudiya Vaishnavas would, living in Puri Dham, living in the Navadvita Dham, living in the Braj Mandal. 
Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur went out from there and went to Calcutta. Even Gorkishore said, don't go to Calcutta. That's the world of Maya. One guru told him that. What do you do? The other guru told him to preach. Bhakti Vinod Thakur. <laughs> we have to kind of come to a point of being able to assimilate and digest and make something out of all the instructions rather than there's a time where we just do whatever we're told, but sometimes we have to go underneath and look behind what's being said, what's the spirit of it, what's the implication of it, what it might be in a different time, in a different circumstances, and apply it to follow our Gurudev in a dynamic way. So, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaka certainly did that. Who would know about Gorakishore Das Babaji Maharaj without him, made him famous all over the world, and by going to Calcutta, first of all. And there they built a marble temple. It was a big event. Previous to that, the deities were in a rented facility. So these verses were composed at that time. And to build that temple, what they were doing is going, preaching, begging in Calcutta amongst the pious people, approaching them, asking for donations. And they were getting these donations, and they were pouring them into this marble temple. It was very, almost like ugly from a worldly point of view. In other words, if a wealthy man, I read a story once on the airplane back from India years ago, newspaper article, of a man in London who had spent a million dollars, an Indian man, a million dollars on his daughter's wedding. And the people were disgusted by it. At least the person who wrote the article and I guess a few of his friends, they were, a number of them were disgusted at so much money and just for this kind of thing. And you hear about this kind of, the movie stars are spending, <laughs> and it's unbecoming. Money could be better spent, we think. So these Gaudiamat's people, they were collecting this money, and they weren't giving it to the poor, helping India to become liberated, or all these noble causes that were more close to the people, made more sense to them. They were just building a marble temple for a statue. I mean, it's God, and you know, you have your religious outlook and so forth, but a marble temple? Pouring the money in there. This is Vishayarange. It means like, like riding the waves of Vishay, enjoyment, something like that. <laughs> Asking the money and throwing it at the deity. Golden crowns, marble temples, silver throne, and, and so forth. Wasting it. You know, once Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was approached by Pujapad Sridharmarsh, who had been nominated by the body of sannyasis to speak to Gurudev, Guru Maharaj, about a problem that they perceived. The problem that they perceived was that the main manager of Gaudiamat, who the sannyasis, upon collecting the money, were giving the money to, to manage, was known secretly to be sending some money home to the family from the Mat. And so they wanted to approach Guru. They were like, we're out here collecting this money, and this guy's, you know, got a leak in his bucket, you know, and he's got a hole in his pocket here, and it's going somewhere else. So Sridhar Marsh was nominated. He went, he brought it up, and as he began to say it, you're sannyasis. What are you concerned about where money goes? You're just supposed to collect it. What are you concerned about that for? And then he said, and obviously it was apparent from his answer, I will throw money in the Ganges to spread Krishna consciousness. So don't bother me about this. 
I know that's going on. I'm using this man and this devotee in this way, and so I'm getting some service out of that. And he was trying to do something in this world for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So you have to be practical sometimes. Of course, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I was visiting with Tripad Narasimhamars the other day, and he was rebuilding the whole Radhadamadar temple practically, the whole courtyard, and he gave me the whole overview, and he's collecting crores of rupees to do it. And the persons who preside over the whole thing, well, you know, they're not going to be spending every penny only on Rupa Goswami Samadhi. You know, it's just a given. Nishingamar doesn't have a problem with that. He's serving the Dom. Another group, we're told, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but from Nishingamar's point of view, which you're going to get one-sided, they're arguing over, you know, giving money to the Radhadamadar Goswamis for Prabhupada's room in an instance of a court battle where the group is now in court such and such group versus Radha Damodar Takraji. I, I wouldn't want to be in that, that particular court case. It's probably a way you could have dealt with those people and been a little more like, you know, I don't want to give money to them. They're in Maya, you know, kind of. It's going to be a little pragmatic. Again, I don't know all the ins and outs, but we have to be a little practical to spread Krishna consciousness. So where was I anyway? Pujala Raga Patagodavabhanga Matala Sadhujana. They were wasting this money, throwing it. Some people obviously were wondering about the time, what is this? These Gaudiya people, they take all this money and they're just building a temple. So these verses were verses that Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaka were composed to be sung at the time that the deity was taken from the rented house into the temple. And this is one of them that has remained in the divine memory of Pujapad Sridharmarsh. So... Pujala Raga Patagaurava Bhange Matala Harijana Vishayarange. The idea is something like this. Pujala Ragapata. Puja means the very word puja, it means worship, but it, it implies some reverence. It implies some distance between the object of worship and the worshipper. Puja. Puja is different than bhajan. Pujala Ragapata. The path of Raga should be worshipped by us. We are a little separate from that. What's separating us? Well, the Rag Marg, exemplified here in the Braj, is, as we said, such that the devotees on this Rag Marg, they have no separate desire. They have only the desires of Sri Krishna in their hearts. This is a Chintya debate. So the oneness is that Bhagwan Sri Krishna is expressing himself in Ananda through these devotees. That's Leela. Expressing his own desire. And they're participating in that. So, one point here, no matter how much we may think about it, aspire for it, how much information we may have about it, the fact of the matter is, you cannot escape this. As much as you have separate interest in your heart, there's a distance between you and Bhagavan. And distance means reverence. There's no way around it. That a whole Brajlila means there is no distance between Bhagavan and the Jeeva. It's a dynamic unity, no doubt, but there's no distance. No difference. What is the no distance, the no difference? The no difference is he's one of us. He's a Brajbasi. This is their identity. We're the Brajbasis, he's a Brajbasi. He's ours. That is it, moment. He belongs to us, he's ours. If it's yours, then it's you. 
You are what yours are. When, what your my's are, that's what you are. Your my determines your I. Therefore, Mahaprabhu said, Ayinanda tanu jikinkaram potitamam vishame bhuvam budo kripayatava padapanka justitutulisa visham vichintaya. When nadanam, nadanam, nasundam, when that's gone, no other desire, then he got attachment. Our identity is determined by our attachment. He had attachment for what? Such a nice language he has. Ayinandatanuja, tinkaram. It means, I want to live in the house of Nanda Maharaj. When a young girl marries in a Braj, then she moves into the house of her husband's family. Ayinandatanuja, tinkaram. In a covert way, Mahaprabhu was speaking about his, the specifics of the identity that is being formed on the basis of his attachment for the object of his worship. Nanda Tanuja, from the body of Nandja. I want to live in the house of Nanda Maharaj. I want to be the maidservant of his son. This is his desire. So they think like this in Braj. He's ours. He's one of us. There's no difference. We may think like that, but we can't feel like that as much as we have other feelings, other desires. So there's a place in the pursuit of Rod Marg, and a big place for separating out the separate interest and looking to see engaging my progress in relation to that path in terms of the extent to which this separate interest I'm being separated from. There's absolutely no way around this. Pujala Ragapata, that should be worshipped. Gaurava Bhangay, until the time that this Gaurava can be broken. Gaurava means also reverence. We shall worship the Rag path, showing regard to that, to all those devotees. It doesn't necessarily mean worshiping God in awe and reverence, but with high regard, we will regard that Brajlila. We will worship it, we will petition it, that that Swarup Shakti might glance favorably upon us, generously upon us. And and allow us to function there. I mean, these are all, it's all the Surup Shakti of Bhagavan. What place do we have there? Unless the Surup Shakti, like, it's like a welfare state. Generosity comes and allows us to stay there. If we become infused with that Surup Shakti, we can reside there also. So, to, to regard that place, until the time, Gaurava Bhangay, locative, so Bhangay, broken, Gaurava, there will be a time when that Gaurava, that reverence, will be broken. And so, how it will be broken? Pujala Ragapata Gaurava Bhangay Matala Harijana Vishayarange. The Harijan, Sadhujan, these people of Gaur, these are Sadhus, the people of Gaur in this world, followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is Sadhu. I mean, it's amazing how people could be doing anything else in Vrindavan, you know, so many times of forms of worship here, just mind boggling to me. Now, they cannot be all devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> There's no Vrindavan without Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You know, you can go and see some Ghanis and Tapasvis and different types of Bhagavad Gita and so forth. They all got cheat sheets from Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur and Sanatana Goswami's Tika. This is 
you know, where the whole thing is revealed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his associates. This is Sadhujan, really, devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. These Sadhujan, what they do? Bishaya Rangi. So, what does it mean? They, they just ride the waves of material enjoyment. Sometimes the verse is rendered, Kirtana Rangi. Kirtana Rangi. Matala Sadhujana Kirtana Rangi. Vishaya Rangi. So, these two, they're synonymous. It means the dynamic idea of Kirtan, of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, of glorifying Bhagavan, is what? That you go into the world and you take everything that you see as valuable in the world and you throw that all into the service of Bhagavan and Namsan Kirtan, which may include opening the temples and so forth. You throw all that. And the idea of doing all that is that you're throwing out of your heart all of that separate interest, all being thrown out. And proportionately, as it's thrown out, that path that is worshipable and that we have some regard and reverence for, that reverence is bhangi, gaurava bhangi, that reverence will be broken. As it's broken and separate interest is done away with, then the interest of Bhagawan, all the, the, his life, his concerns, his secrets, his secret life, we can become privy to that in, in a real sense. So, to tread this mark requires something like this, and we shall gauge in the early stages our progress like this. So much that there's a, so much of a sleight of hand. It's an intellectual sleight of hand. If you're gathering information about Ragmar, Brajlila, not that we shouldn't, but we should gather it in such a way and see that we assimilate it, take it within, and it fosters action that is practical in terms of where we are at. You should see in your prayers, in your sincerity, exactly what the problem is. It's not complicated. Where I'm attached, where I'm... how I want something from Bhagavan. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. What do we sing in the morning? Satcha kori magi ami suko mal pran Satcha mani kori when, in truth, really, can I say with a tender heart, Satcha Mani Kori Magi Sukomal Pran Tavapriti Bine Nahi, that I have love for you, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Tavapriti, love for you, Bine Nahi, nothing else, no other desire but love for you. When can I say it honestly? This we should aspire for. So, the idea is that Sugadev spoke with an empty heart, or with a full heart, nothing to gain. So out of compassion, just giving this Bhagwat. When Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was challenged by the Brahmins and taken to court over this diorama, they debated back and forth, and the final point that the Brahmins Smartas made is, well, your Gaudiya people do this too. In other words, we see Gaudiya people opening temples just to fill their bellies. He said, okay, then let it be resolved. We'll put Gaudiya Tilak on him. No problem. He had no problem critiquing his own tradition. And the diorama stood, and with a slight adjustment, he won the court case. So this is painful to Bhagavan. He did another one similar, closer to the exact topic. It was a man speaking the Bhagavatam, and it was a thin veil behind him. And behind it, you could see his family and his wife and kids. And the idea was that he's speaking, really, but his really interest is just to feed the belly of my family. That's all, just making a business out of this. It should be our livelihood, that's a fact. It should be our food and our drink. 
at least it should be our medicine that we take, willingly take, then it will turn to food eventually, and nectar. So, he ran He ran after the people bewildered by Maya out of a desire to just be compassionate towards them, to be kind, to be generous towards them. Mahabhu is so generous. It is said that we should not judge a person by his past. That's generous. This is common English or well common idea, probably saying for it in every language. Don't judge a person by his or her past. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had a more generous idea. Don't judge a person by his past. Don't judge her by her present. But only as much as she has an ideal, which is her future. Judge a person by their ideal means to judge them by their future, what they will become. If they have an ideal for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Prayojan, Prem Prayojan. This is so valuable to get this ideal. You have that aspiration. That you will become. What is your ideal? That you will become. So he ran after them. Anyway, this verse describing the externally how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sannyas is for the deliverance of the people and it internally also he ran. Mayamrigam means what? Mrigam means animal, means deer. Maya means that which is not. So a deer that's not a deer. An animal that's not an animal. It means like a teddy bear, a plaything. Maya Mrigam. Daita. Daita means also what? Daita Dasa. This is a name for the beloved of Krishna also, right? So in pursuit of her desire, Daita Yipsita, which Maya Mrigam makes Krishna like a doll in her hands, makes him, Anvatad, running around all over the bridge, pretending to be herding cows, whatever, all, just really in, in search of her pleasure, her happiness. So in this way we've been discussing Mahaprabhu Sanyas and how repeatedly we see from the dream of the Brahman. First there was a dream in which a Brahman came to him and told him you will take Sanyas. Told him the Sanyas Mantra, he became unhappy with that. Tattvamasi. This is not, by the way, I didn't initiate you all the other day when I mentioned this, because that's not the Sanyas Mantra we give. Mahaprabhu can say, I am, I am his, but we will think more, I am hers. Something like that. We have a different, slightly different mantra. So at any rate, from the Brahman's dream to the cursing of, the, uh, of, cursing of another Brahman, Mahaprabhu's been cursed by a Brahman, so that then we discussed the each time we're showing the correlation with Vrindavan. And then the boy, uh, the students, being beaten by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, we, we drew a connection from Mahaprabhu's thinking at that time to Vrindavan. And then Mahaprabhu went and took sannyas, and then in the sannyas, thinking of Vrindavan. And we come to that verse, I didn't explain it, but uh, Mahaprabhu began to chant spontaneously from Bhagavatam after being initiated. Etam sastaya paratmanishtam adyasitam purvatmaher maharshibi aham tarishyami durantaparam tamomukundangri nishevayeva. Nice verse. Mahabhubu chanted it over and over again. And what is the meaning? Etam sa astaya. Etam sa astaya. That Brahman in Bhagavatam, 11th canto, is singing. He took sannyasa, and this is the song of the Brahman. He sang this. 
Etam Saastaya, Paratmanishtam. Paratmanishtam means devotion. Here, Nishtam means devotion. Devotion to Paraatma, to the Supreme Lord, to the Supreme Atma, Paramatma, to God. It's interesting that the word Nishta, and it's, this appears regularly, we think of it sometimes as fixed, but it means also devotion. So real devotion means a constant devotion. It must be Ahoytuki, it must be Aparthihata. It must be without any motive. And if, if we want to play this out fully, then we talked about it to some extent, right? without any motive. It comes to Kamanuga. It comes beyond, beyond Kamanuga. It become, comes to this Tadbhabi Chumayi Kamanuga Bhakti. No other desire. Kamanuga has divisions. There is division of Rag Bhakti. Sambandhanuga, Kamanuga. Sambandhanuga means what? Sambandha means relationship. So following on the basis of relationship, Anuga. What is the relationship? In the Brads, there are relationships. Krishna could be your superior, like master. You'd be the ser- Krishna could be your friend. It's a bona fide relationship. Krishna could be your son or your you know, dependent as an elder in the, in the group. These are all relationships that have a place in the Braj society. What is Kamanuga then? It means there's no place for the relationship between the gopis and Krishna in the society. There's no tinge to it. It means if you have a friend, well, you're supposed to love your friend. If you have a son, you know, you're supposed to love your son. If you have a master, you're supposed to love your master. There's some, there's some slight reason and justification for it. You want gyan karmadi anavritam. Gyan anavritam. <laughs> Not only does it leave a dwarka, we want to get a very fine examination. Then in the braj, then. It's separated from sambandhanuga. Well, there's some reason. Of course, they love him only out of love, but if you look, there's some... Well, he's a friend. You should love your friend. There's a reason. There's a justification. Reason means head. There's some head to the whole thing. And Kamanugala, I mean, there's no head involved. This is real brain dead. There's life beyond the, the brain. The more the brain stops, the more we can live. The more the heart can come out. In Kamanugala, there it means there's no... There's no reason for the relationship. There's reason against the relationship. And it's, so it's called Kam. Kamanuga. And within the Kamanuga, there are divisions. Right? Sambhog Echamai, Tadbhav Echamai. Sambhog Echamai means to have a direct relationship with Krishna. Rupa Goswami has no desire for that, even. This is Tadbhav Echamai. When the assistance of Radha, or Krishna tries to have romantic dalliance directly with them, they refuse. Never. Never. Such as their dasya to Radha. It's a peculiar thing, this dasya to Radha. As we talked the other day, it's normally the love of a friend or of another devotee in the Braj is a sanchari bhav that augments the stai bhav, the dominant relationship that they have with Krishna. 
But here we find that the Dasis, made servants of Radha's love for her, it doesn't get superseded at any time by love for Krishna. In fact, it exceeds their love for Krishna. So because it's dominant, it doesn't come and go, then it's been elevated to a stayibhav, combined worship of Radha and Krishna. Rupa Goswami calls it Babulasrati. He puts it at the end of the discussions of stayibhav in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And although Jiva says, this is an afterthought, as if he forgot to put it in with the Sanchari Bhavs, he's put it here. If we look carefully at it, we see it's the stayibhav of the Manjaris, where the object, the Vishayalam, the object of their love is Radha and Krishna both combined. And this is really Ahaituki, and this is Apratihata also. Uninterrupted. If anything tries to interrupt that, it just fosters it. And there's nothing, there's uninterrupted, I mean, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that would get in the way, there's nothing they won't do. Well, you said they won't go to Krishna if he wants. Right. <laughs> that they won't do. <laughs> because this will please him more. And they know that. So, devotion, nishta. Nishta means devotion. And nishta means fixed. Our devotion should be fixed. And it won't be fixed if it's not a hoituki. If it is a hoituki, then it will be apartiyata. What gets in its way? Other motives, other desires. So, we have our ladder, of course. And, you know, we are begin at Shraddha, we come to Bhajana Kriya, Martana, Vritti, Nishka, but this should be our interim goal. This is real, real devotion. Mahaprabhu said in Shikshasakam, he told Rupa, uh, Roy Ramananda and Damodar Sarupi, if you want to chant this name in such a way as to get Prem, this is how to do it. Trinadapi Sunichena, Tarodapi Sahishtinarmani, Namanadena, Kirtaniya Sadahari, with Nishta, with paying attention. This is the decorum that you have to adopt. Kirtaniya Sadahari. This is Nishta. This is our interim goal. So their love, the brother's love is like this, without any ambition, without any motive. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu chanted this verse. Etam sastaya paratmanishtam. It's interesting. Devotion, fixed in devotion, one who becomes etam saastaya, astaya means also fixed. So to be fixed in fixed devotion to the Supreme Lord, to be fixed in fixed devotion, etam saastaya paratmanishtam. And the idea, of course, this is a sannyasi, and the prominent idea was or has become that sannyas means you become Bhagavan. That was Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur explained, we discussed the other day, one of the reasons why Mahaprabhu was chanting Gopi, 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 so that the people would understand that he's teaching the people, we will identify not myself as Bhagavan, but myself as a servant of Bhagavan. And that's the time the Brahman came and chastised him and so forth. Other things we discussed also there. This verse is explaining that sannyas, this is a verse chanted by the sannyasi in Bhagavatam, and Tridandi sannyasi, in which, although he's a sannyasi, he doesn't think he's become Bhagavan. Not only does he not think he's become Bhagavan by becoming a sannyasi, but he says, I'm a sannyasi and I'm following the way everybody else has done this. Previously, it's been seen that all the acharyas teach this. 
They all teach all the previous rishis who are worth anything, worth hearing about, worth talking about, real sadhus, real sannyasis, they are all paratmanishtam, they're devotees. They don't think they become Bhagwan. What to speak of doing devotion to become Bhagwan? How this is completely repels Bhagwan. Itam sastaya paratmanishtam dyasitam purvatmayar mahadbiyaham tarishyami duram taparam. Crossing over the material existence is difficult. What does Krishna say in the Gita? He says, Mamamaya Duratyaya. Mamamaya Duratyaya is my Maya. Now you understand how powerful it is, how difficult. See how powerful I am. I am Bhagavan. When I make a Maya <laughs> to delude you, there's no way out. Only one way you come to me. Mami, but you what is it? You can cross over Maya very easily by surrendering to me, but without that, absolutely no possibility whatsoever. There is no possibility whatsoever of getting out of Maya without bhakti, some bhakti, some kind of bhakti, without the generosity of bhakti, no possibility. So this sannyasi said, easily I cross over, aham tarishami, I will, with some confidence he's speaking, aham tarishami durantaparam tamo mukundam vinisheva eva. Eva means here with emphasis. Certainly, surely, by following the predecessors in this regard, in becoming a devotee, and fixed in devotion, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like the inhabitants of Vrindavan, this is our ideal, Surely I will cross over the material existence. Tamomukundambi. Mukunda is a nice word. It's used here. It's significant. We wanted to point out overall in these discussions about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sanyasa that it has not as much to do with simply retiring the one side of our problematic life, of the equation of getting rid of the negative, but attaining the positive. It's pratnishtam. It's about attaining the positive. Devotion. Not just retiring material life and so forth. So Mukunda, it's a nice word, but it, 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 usually it's thought to me, who gives liberation? Mukunda. Mukunda. Muktida. Who gives mukti? But there's another way of understanding this. Mu means mukti. That's true. Mu, mukti. Ku. What does ku mean though? Ku means bad. Mukunda. Mukti bad gives. <laughs> this is Mukunda. Mukunda, he who gives that which makes mukti look bad, is what it means. He who gives that which makes mukti, the ordinary idea of mukti, look undesirable. Kai valyam narakhayate, Prabhupada Sarsati Thakur says. Undesirable. You run away from that thing. No service. This way Mahaprabhu chanted this verse and ran to Vrindavan. Ran as soon as he took sense, running to Vrindavan. We're getting around to this point that he's a confused person. It's not a good example, maybe I should even say it, but he was confused about his having an existential crisis. This is Krishna, he's got an existential crisis. And he's trying to understand himself from Radha's life, trying to put himself in Radha's position. That's the whole cause of his advent. And so here he is, he's in pursuance of that, he thinks, I'll run to Vrindavan. 
nope, mistake. That's not how you're going to find this. Run to Vrindavan. And so after he began chanting this verse, running to Vrindavan, Nityananda Prabhu went after him. That's not how you're going to get it here. The way he came and collected him up, took him to the house, and Mother knows best. We come to that. Mother knows best. Sachi is called. What to do? My son has taken sannyas. I want him at home. But I don't want him to be disrespected and made fun of by the people, religious people, for giving up sannyas. So some dynamic resolution has to be arrived at. What will it be? She says, let him go to Puri. Let him reside in Puri. And as they say, mother knows best. But young boys don't always follow their mother. So even he went to Puri. <laughs> and still he tried to go to Vrindavan. He tried to go without the permission of Godadhar. He tried to go, Sanatan sent him back. Still then he went a sec tried to go a second time and he went. But he had to leave there, come back to Puri. And it was in Puri that he found the way to enter Vrindavan through the eyes of Radha. Well, you see, we read, we'll go on with this, but when he goes to Vrindavan, everyone's seeing him as Krishna. All the bees, the trees, they're all seeing him. He's trying to pursue the bhava of Radha. His going to Vrindavan is, is a problem in terms of that. They recognized him. The whole Gorlila is because there's a problem for Rasaraj in, in Vrindavan. He's a king of love and he sees a measure of love that he has no experience of. So, problem. I'm not the king of love. Or am I? So, to taste Radha's love, Mahaprabhu is superior. It's a, but, now, he's trying to do that, and it's, it's a difficult thing. He's, you know, he's got an identity crisis. And even he gets good advice from his mother, from Sanatana Prabhu, from Gadadhar. He heeds it to some extent, but not that well. Ultimately, he returns to Puri. There he gets the kind of coaching that he needs. There he shows us how to go back and enter into the kirtan at Sangam which is synonymous with Vrindavan. He came out to teach how to go there, how to enter there. And it's taught in stages also. At the end of his Leela then, you know, he kind of finally surrendered <laughs> and took the good coaching that was available, Rairamananda, Surupdhamada, and so forth. And he imbibed this spirit of Radha and made his life successful. Are there any questions or comments? So, what? Anything? Yes? Some devotees have lots of attachment to Mahatma, Shanko Mahaprabhu. So, how to combine that? But you say that you should develop that style of Goswami, of combining Raga Krishna and Well, I'm not so sure I understand here question, but you're saying that the literature seems to speak about loving Krishna. And then there is... Yeah. Well, there are different kinds of devotees. That's a wonderful uh, thing about bhakti. It's based on a bias, on a particular bias or prejudice of love. And there are devotees who love Krishna more than Radha. There are devotees who love Radha and Krishna equally. There are devotees who love Radha more than Krishna. There are devotees who love Chaitanya Mahaprabhu more than Krishna, even though he is Krishna. There are devotees who are more inclined towards Krishna than towards Mahaprabhu. They won't neglect Mahaprabhu. I mean, in, I'm talking all this, all this is in, in all, all these possibilities are within Gaudi Sampradaya. 
there, there's a specialty of Gaudiya Sampradaya, of course, it's going to talk about, and Mahaprabhu came to taste the highest thing. But within that, other possibilities exist. One has to find their happiness there, their part there. I mean, there's no, if everybody becomes the Radha Dasi, then it might become a problem. Krishna needs some help too. What's going to happen when Krishna is feeling the pangs of separation from Radha? Who will tender to him if there are no Priyanarmasakas? There are Priyanarmasakis, there have to be Priyanarmasakas too. <laughs> they will say, Radhe, Radhe, in his ear, and give him, give him his life back. Such confidential service. So there are some varieties in Gaudiya Vaishnava, varieties of possibility. So what, which one you want? Of course, which one do you deserve to even want? I mean, we should... Nidra Goswami explains with regard to, what is it, uh, prayers, vandanam. Before bhava, the prayers will predominantly be prayers of submission, fostering sharanagati. And in bhava, the prayers are predominantly characterized by longing, lolasa. There will be some longing before that. And there's certainly submission before bhava, and there's certainly submission after bhava. But the dominant aspect of sadhana bhakti up to bhava bhakti will be prayers of submission culturing shraddha sharanagati you know you have to get the stage in place for the drama to appear the stage on which the drama of bhakti is performed is sharanagati you have that in the heart and then you can say coming to a theater you know near me soon it's coming soon but <laughs> Don't think it's coming too soon if you haven't got the stage up. That has to be erected. So, emphasis there. Not that we won't have any longing or aspiration. That should be there too. But be an honest person and uh, follow the previous acharyas and you know how to make a balance. Then when you come into bhava, then naturally the longing will be, will be dominant. So if you want to uh, follow Rupa Goswami in all respects like this, then you're in a good place to do that. That's what we're doing. We want to know how to do it. In your stage, you should cultivate sharanagati. That's what you should cultivate. And what is the center? What is the sarup lakshan of sharanagati? Gopritve varanam tata. Gopritve varanam tata. Krishna is my maintainer. Krishna will maintain me. Try to give. <laughs> Try to give. Don't worry. Krishna will maintain you here. Don't worry. If any devotees come, just serve them. Just give, don't worry, Krishna will take care of you, beyond your imagination. <laughs> You're a smart girl, so you understand what I'm talking about. What else? Any other question? Yes. You gave the story about Bhakti Siddhanta and uh, the one who had a leak in his car. So, I mean, what catches me a little bit is, okay, did he, like, go back to that personality and correct the situation? Or is the point is it just doesn't matter, just whatever it may. The point is, we should find a devotee who we have confidence in and serve under him. And he may do things that we can't do. And it won't be a problem. Like that. He could digest that entirely. So they had confidence in Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsky Talk. So when he told them, that, that's it, they backed off. No, he didn't go and make sure that so-and-so was not sending a little money to the family. What happened to that person, you know, it's how much bhakti he got. And I mean, it's clear from the teaching that that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> not that he didn't know that, right? 
So if I find a student and they know better, but they're doing otherwise, then, you know, you, sometimes you wonder that you're like bothered to instruct them. They already know better. Then again, maybe if you speak strongly, they'll pay attention second time around. But the point is, anyway, he could digest that. And, you know, he, he, it's a big mission. Preachings always involve some risk. But no risk, no gain. All risk, all gain, but it ultimately pans out into. So what if he had gone away? What if he said, I caught you stealing? And then in shame he went away. That person was managing the whole Gaudi Yamat. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsiktaka wasn't the manager. He was sitting and I would weep like this. He was told, inspired by Bhakti Vinod to preach. Oh, he was preaching, hammering his fist like this and preaching. In the jungle, this is, this is you know, there are tigers there. You go now and drive on Bhakti Siddhanta Road and there's temples all along there in Mayapur. Look at Mayapur. What is Mayapur? It's all Gaur Yamat, practically, temples. The first of which was built by Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur, following the vision of Thakur Bhakti Vinod, the yoga pit. Anyway, he was there like this, just preaching. And somebody, this fellow, heard him. And he thought, something's got to be done about this. I got some power to organize things. I'm going to organize this. He organized it, the whole thing. There are people thought he's like, they're co-founders, practically. Some people thought. But, you know, there's more to the, <laughs> to the story. So if he'd gone away, I caught you, you stole. But if he'd been embarrassed and left, maybe we wouldn't be here. So, he said, I throw money in the Ganges to spread. He knew how to he could digest that. He was spreading Krishna consciousness. Great people can do things that not so great people can't do. <laughs> Something like that. What else? Anything else? Maharaj said he couldn't stay long, so maybe we can just stop here, then I'll get a few minutes of his valuable association. Sri Dhananda Maharaj Ki Jai, Vrindakunj Bhaktas Ki Jai, Vrindakunj Ki Jai, Sri Radha Braja Mohan Ki Jai, Jai Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai, Bhakti Rakshak Sri Ladev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai, Sri Bhakti Vinod Parivar Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrindakunj Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande.